Hello and welcome to this Talking Dogs, the podcast where I answer all the questions you've ever had about your dog's behaviour, as well as checking in with owners whose dogs I've helped train in the past. Who am I? Well, I'm Graham Hall. Um, You might have seen me build on social media or television's dogs behaving very badly as the dog father. Uh, And that's because I've spent close to 15 years training mischievous hounds. There's not much I haven't seen at this point. But then again, dogs do have a funny way of surprising you. Well, today I want to have a look at some very specific phobias. They might seem a bit funny at first, but it's often the case that with any dog behavioural issue, it can have a very profound effect on the life of the owner. So I'm going to do my best to see what I can do to help. Now, I think it's also worth pointing out that even if your dog doesn't have one of these particular fears, that there are principles that you can take away when you're working with your own dog. Okay, now in a bit I want to hear about a Shih Tzu who's afraid of the wind. Uh, But first of all, a dog I work with on the television show, Dogs Behaving Very Badly. Now, Rachel, um, I came and met you and Newfoundland Bailey. Tell us a bit about what the phobia was that we were trying to get over. So Bailey slipped going into a garden centre and um, he refused to get back up. I think he scared himself so much after slipping on the floor that he then refused to walk on any floors that he deemed that might be slippy so that was my issue really that Bailey just wouldn't walk on different floors and it was making life really difficult basically because I wanted him to come into work with me but he was too scared to enter my building Mm. and that was a particular problem wasn't it because he he has a job in life so tell us about that that job so as a counsellor I work with children from the ages of four up to to adults and up to 104 so I wanted Bailey to be able to come into work and to just be in the room offering empathy and just companionship to clients that really would respond to him and connect with him so as from a like a little eight-week-old pup Bailey started coming in and meeting a couple of clients and all was going well until he slipped on the floor and then all of a sudden he refused to to walk into my building and because at that point he was 45 kilos obviously I couldn't pick him up and carry him across the floor to the carpeted area so um that was the end of Bailey being a therapy dog the clients were really upset because obviously they'd formed a bond with him and they really wanted to to have him in their sessions so a couple of clients because of covid as well we were meeting outside so Bailey could come and do some walk and talk sessions But actually, what I wanted is for Bailey to get back into the therapy room and to continue working with with the clients that I'd sort of already introduced him to and to new clients that he hadn't yet met. Mm. And I remember when when I was there, one of the things that sort of really touched me was you said that a lot of the clients that you were working with in some way had experienced a kind of loss and then they'd sort of got this attachment with Bailey. He was great. He could soothe them and and then suddenly he wasn't there again. So, you know, it was another kind of loss for them, ironically. Yeah, yeah, it was another big loss because animal and human, they create such bonds and there's that sort of unspoken message, isn't there, that they just... Yeah, they just connect, and um, all of a sudden he was gone. Yeah, they do. There's loads of research, you know, been done on uh, on the effect that you know having a dog can have like, like reduce your heart rate. You know, the happy hormones that we we hear so much about it, it creates some of those, and just you know, you'll know in a practical sense, I guess, it just calms people down when they're upset. 
It does. And especially if you're isolated, it's that touch. And, you know, if you think about through COVID, we're not allowed to touch anybody. So actually the touch of an animal, you know, the stroking, that repetition of that movement is very calming and soothing. And it's connection that a lot of people through COVID haven't had. Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard people say as well, the other thing about dogs is they don't judge. (laughs) Exactly. You can say anything you like. Yeah, you can come in and cry and sob or, you know, say whatever and the dog's still going to be there. Yeah, that's it. And so for all those reasons, I mean, and he is such a lovely big I don't know how to describe him really. Great big fluffy galoot, really. He's just a lovely dog, like most Newfies are. (laughs) Um, Perfect choice, actually. Lots of ways for a therapy dog, except you couldn't get him into the therapy room. So um, tell us about the solution that you'd come up with. So I bought two rolls of carpet that um, I would roll out wherever I needed to go, whether it's, you know, whether it's to work, whether it's to the pet shop, whether it's to the vets, whether he used to go to swimming. I used to roll out my carpets and he'd then walk on them which was was great but actually trying to lug two carpets around and sort of manage a great big noof it's not easy when you're on your own <laughs> not practical yeah before you need it you need a big car and a trailer yeah exactly so i saw the carpet and thought ah okay there might be something we can do here and it is about sort of creating stepping stones just sort of taking little actions that you can build on and build on it's beginning to sound a bit like therapy this rachel it is isn't it (laughs) isn't it yeah but before we go on to the training let's talk about the problem because i think what happened with him was and and dogs you might say well it's an irrational fear because you know he slipped one day that i think i think he'd walked through a puddle hadn't he, if i remember rightly and so his paws were wet is that right yeah onto the hard floor and he's done a bambi and gone hard flooring bad well actually that's not so irrational is it really so he's just gone hard flooring i don't like walking on it i'm scared you know other floors carpet fine so it kind of makes sense and what you were doing as a as a workaround makes sense but it wasn't getting you further to you know further down the line to getting him back in and out of that therapy center without the rolled up carpet so yes i just thought if we can we can get him walking up and down Anyway, we've got something to reward. And then if we leave little gaps, in fact, I started the training with little gaps in there, didn't I? So he had to sort of scoot over the bit that wasn't carpeted. And at the end, there was something in it for him, which was um, just a bowl of food. But there wasn't, it wasn't a full bowl, of course. There was just a little bit of food in it. And then the last thing I thought that was, that was missing, and this is, this is very, very common. When you understand that your dog is upset about something in some way, it often reflects on you. So, so you end up being a bit upset too. It's like, come on, Dan, it's okay. And then the energy sort of drifts down. And what I thought he needed was somebody who who he could look to, you know, and go, yeah, it's fine. Come on, mate, you're all right. You go with me. And I made it a bit of a game. So the first couple of times when i demoed it it was a case of right we'll go over the carpet oh and over the carpet. oh yeah well this is good for oh, 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 fine and then off to the bowl and i remember i think i'd cut down some of the carpet before i handed over to you but i remember before i did there was this moment where i realized that actually i wasn't leading him towards the therapy room at all i was holding on for dear life because he was dragging me along <laughs> it's like whoa bailey how did it go when when you had a go oh well when i had a go i think i was dragged too <laughs> screaming because i didn't expect him to go so quick <laughs> so yeah i mean that was just such a surprise after so many months of you know being stuck in the doorway 
to all of a sudden being dragged 100 mile an hour up the up the corridor as it were yeah i was really pleased and it's always one thing to have a theory about the training that you're going to put in right i reckon this is what we're going to do i reckon we're going to cut down the bits of carpet as we go so just for clarity what we did was we we cut lumps off didn't we the the, the bits of carpet so it's like there's there's less carpet and more hard flooring because in the end you know you know where that's going to go don't you there's going to be no carpet which is we we sort of certainly manage that so the theory is one thing doing it in practice you're never quite sure how they're going to respond and one of the things the nature of tv as you well know now is that it's very stop and start because you do a little bit of something and then they need to tweak the, the cameras or the lighting or something you know and we had to film me cutting the bits of carpet down and every one of those pauses i thought is he going to go you know and start thinking a bit too much about this and go back a stage you know but he he didn't he managed to keep going didn't he so how far have you how far have you come since have you you managed to keep it up well we have um we did have a bit of a back step so i was so excited that he was now walking that i booked a grooming session so we turned up at the groomers and he didn't really want to go in the door. And I guess because, you know, they like to keep to their appointment times, they didn't have the time for him to sort of sit and think about it. And so they just picked him up and carried him in, which completely freaked him out and set him right back to not walking on any floors. And um, now we're really being successful. So we've made it into work quite a few times again without carpets I made it into a pet shop the other day and he stood on the scales, just walking all the way around the pet shop, really hung out in there for about three quarters of an hour. And um, he wasn't stressed at all. And we got him into the vets and he crossed the threshold. I mean, they still had to treat him into the waiting room. He's not brave enough to walk across all of the floor. But the vet was absolutely amazed how far he'd come. And um, she was making lots of fuss. So, yeah, lots of improvement Oh, that that sounds like a big a big deal. I think there's an interesting um, thought there, which is sometimes when things go wrong uh, and we get setbacks, we're not expecting it. And I always say to people, you know, when we get, I mean, it was a great quick result really on the day. He was pretty good, and I'm like, this is great. And it's all, you know, you get that sense of like it's almost too good to be true. You know, this is maybe going to go a bit wrong, and it's expect the setbacks. You know, and it is that sort of creating resilience in your own way of looking at it. You think, okay, sooner or later this is going to step back, but it won't be the end of the world. You know, there's stuff you can do. Um, that sounds a bit like therapy to me. There must be times with clients where you think, okay, we've had a setback. What do you do? Yeah, it is. It's just like therapy. But do you know, I've never really connected the two until we spoke about it on the day of the filming. I think it was just, yeah, in my head, it was very separate. You know, this is me and my dog and I'm trying to get him to walk on the floor. And these are my clients and we work step by step and we have step backs and, you know, we look at body language and tone of voice and all of those things that are really important in my work until you highlighted it that actually that's really important as well. It was just like, oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, <laughs> learning all round for me and the dog. I went to see a guy once, this is years ago now, and uh, and I can't really, I can't tell you the company he worked for. This will become obvious why. He had a dog who just needed he just needed a bit of leadership. Somebody needed to say no, but in the right way, you know? And everybody was sort of bending over backwards and it was all going a bit wrong. 
I was explaining about what leadership really is like with a dog, you know, that you mustn't shout and scream all that, but there are times where you have to say, no, there's a line, don't cross it, you know, but good boy and all the rest of it. And and this guy's face lit up and he started to chuckle. And I, I said, what, what did I say that was funny? And he said, I've, I've just had one of those light bulb moments. He said, you don't know what I do for a living, but I'm an HR director of a basically a newspaper group, right? And he said, there's one thing about journalists, and that is that they can string an argument together. They're good with words, and they're like a terrier with a toy. They don't let go. So disciplining journalists is really hard, but you've got to just stick to your guns and stay calm and be assertive. And all the things you're talking about is what I've been doing for 20 years. And I come home and look at my dog and I think, I don't know where to start. <laughs> similar, isn't it? It is really similar, isn't it? And it just goes to show that, you know, if we can just sit back and reflect, then we might get the answers. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's, I mean, there's obviously big differences between dogs and humans, but there, there are so many similarities, you know. Uh, we, we obviously mustn't get too caught up in, in, you know, dogs are humans, of course they're not, you know, but there are loads of similarities. And I think it is that. It's like, okay, so we're on a journey together. It's not necessarily going to be a quick fix, although you might have a fantastic revelation on one day. It's like, wow, this is brilliant, but actually, you know, just keep at it, you know, keep at it. And the gardener sent it. Have you, have you been back there at all? I have, and we haven't made it in, to be honest, but they've changed the layout slightly. And because it's winter, they're keeping the door shut. So it's those doors that you walk through and they just open automatically and close. And I can't get him, because he thinks about it, the door closes before he gets in and I'm on the inside and he's on the outside and the door's shut on me. But um, hopefully when the summer comes and the doors open all the time, I'm going to go back and, and practice. Yeah, that's a tricky one. And it was that with him. It's if you give him a bit too much time to think about it, he'll he'll overthink it. But if you, if you can keep him positive and keep him thinking on the right right track, you're on a winner. So yeah, that closing of the automatic door that's really interesting. Yeah, I think you're probably right. There are times when you go, do you know what? That's too much for now. We'll revisit that um, because otherwise you could try and try and try, and it'll get worse and worse and worse. So great news that he's been in the therapy room and helping people out have you, have you had any um you know any comments from people because they'd sort of they met him they bonded with him they'd sort of lost him and now he's back again how's that gone yeah they were just so excited to see him and you know he he's got his um place by the fireplace that he likes to lay so you know he, he lies there during therapy and then a couple of weeks ago i had somebody that was very emotional and he just got up wandered over laid on their feet and they were like well, thanks, Bailey, I really needed that. And she bent down, stroked his head. And, and after a few minutes, once you know they'd calmed themselves, he just got back up, took himself back over to the fireplace, laid back in his spot and went back to sleep again. But it's a bit like, yeah, you know, I can see this person needs me. I'm just going to go and plonk myself on their feet. You can't really train that. No, you can't. You know, that is Newfoundlands are meant to be the most empathic breed. And um, yeah, he really is, you know. And it's a double-edged sword, you see. Because if you're looking unsure and anxious about things, he feeds off you. He doesn't want to walk on the floor, you know. If you've got this, hey, hey, come on, let's go into the room, he'll he'll follow that yeah. too. So. And as you know, he is a mummy's boy. Well, that's fine. I think he's allowed to be. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I'm, I'm glad it helped because it, it, in, in helping you and, uh, you know, and Bailey, we can help lots of other people. And really, that's what it's all about, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, oh. I mean, it's been great and I really appreciate everything because now I can take Bailey to all the places that I go to and I don't have to leave him at home alone. It's been amazing, so thanks, Graham. 
Well, it was being indoors that Bailey was struggling with, but it's the great outdoors that Amanda's two-year-old Shih Tzu Bear can't cope with. Now, she's emailed to say, Bear is a very anxious dog and he's required lots of patience, training and hard work to build his confidence. Now, we've managed to work through his water phobia, separation anxiety and guarding, but we've not seen any improvement with his wind phobia. Now, this weekend, he managed to not go to the toilet for 36 hours. Oh, bless him. As soon as he senses the wind, he gets anxious and he starts shaking. And if he does get across the door threshold, he freezes as well as shakes uncontrollably. So, techniques we've tried include opening the back door a little so he can either stay in or go to the door and put his head out so we can praise when he's being inquisitive. Well, that actually makes sense. When he's confident, walking as far as to the drive and back into the house. Okay, see what you're trying to do there. Taking him to a location where there are lots of doggy smells to distract him, but as soon as the wind catches his bum, he freezes. Bless him. Now, I do recognise this um, This sort of being afraid of the wind, would you believe? Um, it's very rare, but I have come across it more on that in a sec. But I do think there are some similarities with with Bailey's case, because we've got this sort of fear, which on the face of it is a bit irrational, and it's a, it's kind of a case of how do we get this dog over it? How do we talk to a dog and go, it's fine, look, it's okay? A clue there probably is that we can probably show them rather than talk to them, because language ain't going to work, is it? So let's go back through the three techniques that Amanda's described, and I'll give you my take on those. Well, opening the back door a bit and praising him when he's been inquisitive actually does make sense, but I don't think it's getting you far enough so he's probably going out putting a little sniff out there going oh, fine. Yeah, yeah good boy and that's probably as much as you're going to get because there's no reason he would want to do more from his point of view he's thinking well if i go to the door it's windy out there i have a little sniff they praise me and you know perhaps even gets a tree i don't know that's good enough that's fine right why would i go and do anything scarier um when he's confident, walking him as far as the drive and back. So I see what you're trying to do there. You're dosing out a little bit of the problem. That also makes sense instead of dropping him in the deep end. So I think that's good. Taking him to a location where there's lots of doggy smells. Right, well, if it's a really windy day, actually you might be dropping him in the deep end because even though there's those smells to distract him, it's probably all a bit too much. Right, a bit like saying to somebody, I'm going to put you in the scariest situation you can imagine. Imagine somebody who's really scared of spiders, for example. I'm going to lock them in a room with loads of spiders and then go, here, do you want a bag of crisps to distract you? <laughs> no, thank you very much. So... What can we do? Let me tell you about the case that's just popped into my mind about a dog that was scared of the wind. And this was donkeys years ago, a German shepherd dog who would not go out into the back garden if there was any wind. So there were trees around, the trees would move, and there was just no way that dog was crossing the threshold into the garden. What I noticed was happening was mum was uh, was a cigarette smoker, so she would open the back door quite often and go, oh, there you go, there you go. And she'd be leaning on the door, John, smoking a cigarette uh, and not moving out herself because she said not to, don't you? Just stand at the back door and have a fag. So the body language was saying to the dog, it's like, well, I'm telling you to go out there, but I'm not actually prepared to go out there myself. Yeah. So the staying at the door was actually saying, yeah, scary out there. I wouldn't if I were you. So what I did to get the dog round it was I put a lead on her and, and I walked out with her into the garden and we just walked about a bit. So just into the garden to start with, a bit further, a bit further. My demeanour was very much, hey, this is fine. Oh, it's a, I mean, I was literally lucky. It was a windy day when I turned up to do this consultation, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. And in the end, 
she was quite happy with me and I took her off lead and discovered that she, like a lot of German shepherds, loved a ball. So I was chucking a ball about. That, that, that is your distraction. But I'd already got her used to, wind's okay, I'm okay with it. So I think the moral of the tale here is sometimes what you say with your voice is only part of the story. Actions actually speak louder than words. And if you're looking sort of calm and confident yourself when it's windy, you've got half a chance. So, Amanda, I'd give that a bit of thought because I think a lot of what you're doing is right. I think rewarding the right moments sounds really good to me. I just wonder what you look like when you're doing it and whether you're giving across that confidence that it's fine, really. Would you like to see the brilliant progress that Bailey made for yourself? Well, you can watch Rachel's episode of Dogs Behaving Very Badly on demand on My5. And there are new episodes of the TV show every Tuesday on Channel 5. If you'd like my help or just general thoughts on a particular dog behavioural issue, do send an email or, come on, you know what's even better than that by now, a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. It might just be you I'm offering some guidance to later on in this series. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our weekly training sessions, I'd love it if you'd rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the bit of advice that could make a real difference, well, to your life. Take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now.